Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. And then I'm going to end my series, It's Time to Shift. How many have been enjoying the series, It's Time to Shift, right? We have had an absolutely powerful time. Listen, last week was so powerful. I've been getting so many testimonies of people uh, being healed from years of mental, mental struggle, mental illness. We talked about shifting our mindset and being he- healed from a lot of our strongholds in our mind. Today, everybody say today. I, I'm, what I'm calling this last message, for those of you who know me for years, I know there's some of you that know me for years, uh, they have done this, uh, they've known me, but I'm... I'm I have about Hallmark, what I call like PG favorites, like top, top, top five PG sermons, right? One of them is the Jordan. Uh, one of them is uh, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. But for years, what my DNA is, and I haven't preached this in about four years, is on the spirit of offense and what offense means, what bitterness means, what, what, what offense will lead to. Not offense, I'm not talking about offense like a gate. I'm talking about offense. And the Bible is clear, but I have some new content. Turn to someone and say, he's got some new content, right? So before I do this, real quick, I want to honor Nicole. Nicole, would you stand up? Come here, Nicole. You, uh, you couldn't get away. Come here, Nicole. Nicole, give it up for Nicole. Some of you don't know her, but I want to honor her. She is a longtime spiritual daughter from back in the days. I know I'm embarrassing you right now. But way back in the days when we started youth ministry, and she lives in Texas. She's here for a week, and she's going back tomorrow. But I wanted to honor you. You're a great leader, and I want to pray for you at the end, okay? And so we love you. We honor you. <laughs> and we just want to say that you're honored here and welcome here. Come on, give it up for Nicole. They love when I do that. All, they love it. They're like, I can't wait till he does that to me. I'll hear it later. I'll hear it later. Why did you do that? <laughs> All right, Matthew 24. Let's get, let's get rolling, man. Let's get rolling. I got, I got some good content. My spirit is shaking. And let me tell you something. I always tell people that don't know me, we're a charismatic church. That means we, we're expressive. But the, 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 the challenge is that, you know, I'm Latino and you have coffee. So on top of that, get ready. All right, Matthew, 20, Matthew 24. Oh, 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 and today is going to be so good that I got my mic, drop mic, mic. So whenever I feel something going on, you know, I, I want to drop it, but it's, you know, this is an expensive floor. So I, I was going to have a pillow and just drop that mic, okay? Matthew 24, let's all read it. Let's turn to Matthew 24, verse 3, starting in verse 3. It's going to be on your screens, okay? I have a lot of content today, so be attentive because it's going to touch your life. I promise you. This is one of my top five messages that I've preached in my life. And I have some new revelations about this because if anything needs to shift in our society, in this life, is our propensity to be easily offended. We as a church find a reason to be offended about every little thing. If it's not politics, if it's not the vaccine, if it's pro-vaccine, if it's, uh, if it's too hot in here, it's, it's, too, uh, it's too cold in here, it's too loud in here, it's too soft in here, it's too white in here, it's too black in here. See, I'm just saying what you're thinking. But the church finds every reason to get pouty and offended about everything. And so when we talk about Matthew 24, the first thing that comes to our mind, and I'm looking at an end time preacher here, right, is wars, rumors of wars, right, is, is antichrist, end times, uh, Matthew 24, which is all true, 
and we, we hear of persecution, we hear of nation rise against nation, all those are hallmark signs of Jesus coming. But do you know that one of the greatest signs of Jesus coming in this last day's text is talking about that there will be a propensity of many people that will be offended and hurt in the last days. So the greater the offense that is rising in our hearts that take root into bitterness will be a sign that all this stuff is escalating for the return of the Lord. Are you ready? Look at what verse 3 through 13 says. Now, I want to give you context, and then we're going to dive into this. It's going to be really good. Say it's going to be good. <laughs> now, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming. Everybody say sign. And the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Boy, I could preach an hour on that. The first thing he says is, be careful for deception. You know what deception is? Believing that you're right when you're 100% wrong. No one comes up to someone and says, hi, how you doing? I'm George. I'm, I'm deceived today. How you doing? No, you actually, you actually think that the way that you think or the way that you view things are 100% right. There are people that are angry and they justify their anger, but they're deceived. I'll talk about that. This, that's the new content I'm going to be. I'm going to add, because it is impossible, hear me, and I'm getting way ahead of my sermon, that you, can't, that you have a spirit of offense without having anger attached to it. Anger and offense are like similar ingredients to the pot, okay? If you're offended, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be angry or hurt, all right? So I'm going to add that. It said, take heed, no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, I will, and will deceive many. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing that right now, right? Uh, see that you do not be troubled, Jesus. For all these things must, everybody say must, they must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. Is this happening in the world today? Okay. Kingdoms against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Listen to this carefully. I'm here to heal, bring healing to you today. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. This is talking about persecution in the last days. And you will be hated by all nations. Listen, for my name's sake. Don't get it twisted. Don't call persecution persecution if it's not for righteousness. Some people call persecution because, you know, their parents are not letting them stay till 12 in the, in the morning. PG, I'm getting persecuted by my parents. No, you're not. You're just not being obedient. It says, for my name's sake. Now watch this. Everyone highlight this in your Bibles and circle it. Verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love, everybody say the love, of many, say many, will grow cold. I want you to hear this. The love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, I've been preaching this for years, and I didn't realize a, a, a revelation right there at the end. There's a lot of things that he's contributing, but he's saying those who endure to the end shall be saved. But one of the key things to endure to the end is not to be, have offense take root in your heart, in your life, because if you do then you will not be able to endure to the end because he's just talking about offense. Now, I want you to think about this because one of the 
the, the strategies of the enemy is to hide offense as being okay in your life. And one of the greatest deceptions, remember he said, be not deceived, right? But one of the greatest deceptions in the church today is that we don't know when we're offended or how offense comes. We have no idea that the spirit of offense is something that has, is going to increase in our hearts, but it's usually seeds from other people. Are usually things that other people do or say or things that we are witnessing in a nation that was causing offense to take root in our life. And if there's anything that needs to shift is our propensity to stay offended, to stay bitter, to stay hurt. Because it's going to come. And I'm going to share that with you in a second. But these signs of the time, it says something powerful. It says many people will be offended. But let's look at that a little bit closer in Matthew 24, what Jesus really says when he says many people will be offended. Now, here's the shock to some of you. Some of you heard this message before. It's not going to be a shock, but it's a healthy reminder. Because it's possible to live unoffended, but it's impossible to live life without being have an opportunity to be offended. And I'm going to prove that to you in a second. It's possible to live unoffended, but it's impossible to live through life without the opportunity to be offended, hurt, that will, that will escalate into other things that I'm going to tell you in a, in a second. Look at it deeper. The Bible says an alarming thing in, math, in verse 12. It says, the love of many will grow cold. Now I'm going to start preaching now. That was just a little intro. Everybody say, the love of many will grow cold. So in Matthew 24, he's saying many people will be offended and the love of many will grow cold. Well, here's the shocker so that you can understand. I want you to look it up for yourselves. In the Greek lexicon, New Testament is translated into Greek Old Testament Hebrew. If you look at the Greek word for love there, it is the Greek word agape, which is the only love that God releases, his unconditional love, to people and it's the love that he gives so that we could give back to God. It's agape love. I don't have time to, to break down the, the different uh, types of love. There's phileos. There's this other type of love. And, and there's like, I scratch my back, you scratch your back. Well, that's, that's a type of love. Then there's a friendship love. But then there's agape love that says, I don't care if you spit in my face, I'm still going to love you all the time. Now watch this. The Bible says, the agape of many will grow cold. The agape of many. Not the I scratch your back kind of love and you scratch my back kind of love is going to be faded. He said in the end times, offense is going to be so powerful. It's going to grow so strong in people's lives that they will be, dare to believe that they're allowing this offense to take over and ravish their life. That they will stop loving God the way they used to and they'll stop loving people the way they used to. Because the Bible says the mark of the end times is that, watch this, many, which means majority, of the Christians' love will grow cold. Why did I say Christians? Because only Christians can possess agape love. Do you hear me? In the end times, the people of God who are supposed to show the love of God are going to be running around with a spirit of offense and bitterness because of all the things that are happening on the earth. And they're going to think, wait a minute, why am I still here? Wait a minute, what's going on here? Wait a minute, I thought, this was, I th I thought we're just going to just get raptured up to the sky and have no tribulation got quiet up in here but you know what not only just because of what's happening in the earth what's happening in your life you're going to start saying why why did this happen to my marriage why did this happen to my to my uh, physical health i had many opportunities to get offended at god and i did 
in my, in my nerve condition that still persists to this day. I ask God, why? But let me tell you something. It is a plan of the enemy to uproot you from godly living and loving people others. Here's the scary part. The love of many will grow cold. So offense is a slow spiritual death. It is not a fast spiritual death. It's a slow spiritual death. Why? Because offense really, what it is, is, is a camouflage. Right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But Mar Matthew 24 actually says that the last day progression of offense has a progression. Everybody say progression. It, uh, you know what a progression is? It starts with offense, and then it progresses to deeper bondage, deeper hurt, deeper things. Watch that enslave people's minds and hearts. I have seen family members not talk to each other, friends not talk to each other, callings almost aborted due to undealt with offense and hurt from your life. If I had a raise of hands, and I'm not going to ask you, how many have been hurt by a family member? You would raise your hand. How many have been hurt by a friend? Watch this. This is, this is hurtful. How many have been hurt by a church? All of you raise your hand. But what you do with that offense will determine your future. Thank you. Amen. It's not time for this yet, but I'll get there. Here. Say, say being offended. This, it, now, it's all in verse 10. It will lead to betrayal. It said they will offend each one another. Then they will what? Betray. So offense, watch this. It starts with a seed. Everybody say seed. Someone says something to you. Someone hurts you. You disagree with something, and then now you pick up a seed of offense that morphs into bitterness. So watch. Betrayal. Now it all starts from offense. Then it morphs into, verse 10, hurt and mistrust. Then it, then it progresses later into, watch this, anger and hate. Do you see how anger and offense, you cannot separate the two. Most of the time, if you have an anger problem, you have an offense problem. Most of the time. You're offended at something which triggers your anger. No one wakes up and says, I'm going to be angry today. Eh, you know what? I, I feel like I'm going to be angry today. Yep, that, that's what I'm going to do. No, something triggered you, you got offended, and it stayed there. So, and then it comes into unforgiveness and bitterness in a heart that causes deep bondage, all from offense. Now look at this first slide. How we respond to offense is going to be on the screen. will determine the spiritual and emotional condition of our hearts. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The opportunity to be offended can never escape us in our life. But here's what Jesus said. I'm going to prove to you that Jesus said it's, it's okay that we live our life uh, uh, unoffendable. We need to, right? We need to make those choices. But Jesus said it's impossible. Everybody say it's impossible. It's, that's almost bad news. It's impossible to live this life without having the opportunity to be offended. So the question shouldn't be, Lord, is offense going to come? Lord, I'm tired of this. Is, 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 why, why is this coming? Instead of asking that, say, how do I respond when offense comes? Look at Luke 17, because this is, gonna, this is where I'm going to take off this morning, okay? Then Jesus said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. But then he gives a warning. But woe to him through whom they do come. Let me pause and say this. Let me pause and say this. We always talk about the person that's hurt. In many of our messages, we talk about the person that got offended, but we never talk about the person who initiated the offense. 
do you know that you are walking in dangerous ground, sir or ma'am, if you are continually on purpose in your anger and in your hurt, hurting other people? Jesus said, woe to them. It's just a matter of time that you're going to reap what you sow. It, you, listen, truth is not determined by what you believe in. It's, I, I really don't care if you say I don't believe that. You know, truth is determined by what truth is. So the progression is, listen, so it's, watch this, it's impossible. Say it's impossible for, for offense not to come. But woe to him through they do come. So here's the powerful statement I'm going to say. Watch this. Offense is an incident. Staying offended is a decision. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. Listen to this. An offense is an incident. That happened in your life. Staying offended is a decision of your life. You have to understand that if you are hurt, it's because an incident that happened, and you had the opportunity to stay with it or leave with it. An offense in your life is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. It's a choice because there's something, let's just be honest, powerful in our flesh that makes us feel justified. When we're angry and we're hurt. Why? Because they're wrong and they did this to me. So the camouflage of offense is this, is that it hides the true condition of what's happening in your heart because all the time you're not looking at what's happening in your heart. You're looking at the injustice that was done to you. H Hello? You're, you're looking at the hurt that was done to you. Look at what they did to me. I can't believe that. I'll never trust them. And the whole time is a trap from the enemy because what you, what's really happening is although you're hurt and although you're uh, your, your feelings are justified, the trap is blinding because you're focused on all the wrong that was done to you instead of really focusing the, the, the disease that's happening spiritually in your heart. Oh, help me, Lord. This is an expensive mic. Don't make me drop it right now. Jesus expects us to realize this. It's a hidden trap. Everybody say it's a hidden trap. Offense is a trap. Put that up there. Now, now watch this, guys. I'm going to say, say what this is. Some of you know where I'm going to, but I have to break this down for those of you who don't know. Say it's a trap. Offense is a trap that will keep you enclosed behind the emotional and mental walls you have built. Now, now make this, watch this, make this personal. Offense is a trap that will keep me enclosed behind the emotional and mental walls I have built. Now listen to this carefully. Not the walls that other people built. Not the, uh, not the walls that the devil built. Not the walls that the church built for you. The walls that you built because of offense. Hold, listen to this. This is powerful. I'm going to give you a revelation. The Lord has given us a hint that an offended person will begin to slowly build walls of protection over their heart, over their mind, and that here's the thing. They get to a point where there are, they are uh, uh, um, emergency shutdown, and so they shut down. And the reason why they build these walls is because they're trying to protect their heart from further harm. But the problem is, is that nothing can get in and nothing can get out. 
So you've enclosed yourself to people that God, watch this, this is so powerful. When you are offended, you close yourself, I'm going to prove it, you build up walls to the church or to people because people hurt you, and it's the very people that God is going to send to try to minister to you and heal you. So the very thing that you are scared of is the very thing that God is trying to bring you to bring healing. So if you're offended at people, you're going to have a distance at people, but guess what? If you always stay offended at people, God uses people to bring healing. When's the last time an angel knocked at your door and says, you need healing? God uses people to change the walls. But if you put up walls out of offense, it's hard to receive from people. I'm going to say this, and I said this last night. It is impossible to receive from a preacher if you're offended at him. It's, it's impossible to receive from a paternal person or a, a person that you look up to if you are offended. It's impossible to, to receive from your spouse if you're offended because an offended person will not receive wisdom or counsel from the person that they thought brought the offense. Even if the person is saying 100% truth, they could be saying, your car's on fire, bro. Forget about, forget about our beef. Your car's on fire. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't believe that. Get away from me. What are you talking about? Who are you? Your car's on fire. What's happening is because he has walls, because maybe I have said something or done something that offended him, he will never be able to receive truth. Truth. Everybody say truth. I'm going to prove that. Look at Proverbs chapter 18. I'm, oh, this, I'm preaching good this morning. Proverbs 18, verse 19 in the NLT. Oh, God, God, help us, help us, help us, help us. When I, my favorite scripture on offense is this one. By the way, Proverbs 18 is a nugget. Just read the whole, I was telling my, my staff the other day, Proverbs 18, just everything about Proverbs 18 is like, wow, 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 wow. So much truth. But watch Proverbs 18 to prove my point about the walls, okay? An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. And if, I'm going to read that again. An offended person is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Have you ever visited someone in prison? Who, who's, who's visited someone in prison? Come on. Who has ever visited uh, someone that they love in prison? You know what? And I don't know how it was back then, but most of the time you know how it is now? You get to see them, but you can't touch them. You can't embrace them. You can't hug them. Everything in you wants to hug that person. Everything in you wants to embrace them. But there's a wall, a prison that separates intimacy. When you're offended, you cannot be intimate with God or with people. <sighs> Offense separates you from people you love or the people that love you. Let me say that again. It's not just a selfish thing like, I don't want you. No. Offense separates you from people you love, but it also separates people that love you. They're trying to love you, but you don't want them to love you. They're trying to get in, but you're not letting them in because you're so filled with anger and hurt because of an incident that you're not allowing someone to love you to actually bring healing to you because love covers a multitude of sin. <laughs> I'm going to in a second. I'm going to. And here's what happens. Please listen to me. This is so powerful. It made me weep. When an offended person, when an offense takes, sorry, when an incident of offense happens, an incident, right? 
and then you allow it to take root over time. It will grow into bitterness. It will grow into anger. Now watch this. And it's what I called a reality. Now please hear this. A closed heaven reality. What happens in your life when you are offended and you refuse to forgive and you refuse to let that go and you refuse to deal with it, no matter how painful that incident was, if you refuse to deal with it by releasing it, forgiving it, watch this, you, I say this lovingly, will have a closed heaven experience in your life. What is a closed heaven? When unforgiveness begins to settle in your heart, you could be the most anointed service and feel nothing. You will have, you'll have uh, little favor in your life. You will be, can I be honest, miserable. And you'll hate church, you'll hate people, and you just hate, 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 anger, anger, anger. It's all their fault, it's all their fault, it's all their fault. And never once realize, maybe I contributed to this. Maybe I contributed to this thing. And I heard a story of John Bevere years ago about this closed heaven. Some of you have read his book. How many read the book, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere? Raise your hand if you did that. I highly recommend you getting that book. That book, Bait and Satan, cha changed my life. Like, I was, I, I was grew, up, grew up in a big church, and I got offended all the time. And I was, I was like, angry all the time. I'm like, what is this? I, this is supposed to be like Jesus here. Like the first two, three years, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, people started hurting me, and that was so foreign to me because it was church people that hurt me. And all of a sudden, I started getting bitter and angry. And what's wrong with me, right? And so John Bevere says a story, powerful story about this. Listen to this. This is going to set you free. He was in a church. Now, this, is gonna, this could preach a several angles. How many people feel that you're in your you're, uh, job, right? And you're in your um, church. Let me pause and say this. And you get offended, or sorry, you, get, you feel like God has spoken to you about a, your job or about a church that you're in, right? Something, some, an idea, right? All right. But some of the times the reason why we get offended is because we don't understand spiritual authority. Because just because you, you have an idea doesn't mean it's going to be implemented all the time. We have bought into us an entitlement generation that says, I want things now. It's my idea. And if my idea doesn't get, uh, get uh, promoted in my job, if my idea doesn't get promoted in, in the city, if my idea doesn't get promoted in my church, I'm walking away and I'm leaving. Because you've made it all about you. Offense really is all about you receiving what you think you need to receive. And so John Bevere had this thought from the Lord. He said it was from the Lord in this big church. He said, hey, I have, this is in the late 80s. I have an idea to, to start party groups, which is like home groups, right? And, and, he, and he brought it to, he said it really quickly to the pastor. And the pastor was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll think about it. He thought he said yes. So he started planning all this stuff for the home groups. And he had all these things ready. And he had all the people ready. It was going to cause the church to explode. They were in a meeting, and the head pastor said, the vision of this church is not to have home groups. And he's like, huh? The Lord spoke to me, the vision of this church, we're not going to have home groups. We're going to have other things. And then John Bevere said, wait a minute. How about me? Remember we talked? Well, he began to speak in his book and even in his services that he went on for six or nine months, and he was angry and bitter. And watch this, watch this. Oh, I'm going to shout. This is the classic thing that people say when they're offended to mask their offense, especially when they're at church. I'm no longer getting fed here. All of a sudden, you, you got fed last week. It was good last week. You were at the altar last week. I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't really feel fed here. You know why? Most of the time, not all the time, most of the time there is an undealt with, hidden, unspoken offense in their heart. 
because something didn't go their way like they wanted to. If you were the senior pastor or if you were the mayor, I guarantee you, you would do things and everybody else would say that you're doing it wrong. When you're in the head leadership, everybody has an opinion. But no one wants to pay, no one wants to pay the price for the person that's at the top. Everybody likes to throw darts, but you want to stay where you're at. So, so John was, watch this, he had bitterness and unforgiveness because he was offended. Watch this. He said that he would go into this room, which, which was a mega church filled with signs, wonders, and miracles. He said, I felt nothing. He said, I started feeling dry. And all my wife and everybody was successful. And all of a sudden, six, nine months, and he was miserable. It was a closed heaven. Friends, you don't want to live under a closed heaven. You don't want to live when there's no blessings, there's no, there's no uh, oil of the Holy Spirit on your life, there's no favor. When you have closed the doors because of your offense, nothing will open for you that's good. You know why? Because he wants you to come back and return. He's allowing you to dry up so that you can reveal the condition of your heart and cry out to him again and forgive. Now watch. He said he came to the office, true story, of this pastor, and the Lord had dealt with him privately, and he said, and his wife said, you're offended. He goes, I'm offended. You know how when you go to parties and, and, and someone, and they see your face and you're distant, hey, are you okay? Fine. Everything's fine. You, you sure? Because you, you look a little hurt. Everything's fine, man. Everything's fine. I'm good. You're good with a face like that? <laughs> I'm good. So watch this. He started realizing that he actually picked up a spirit of offense and it grew root in him. And he repented. And he went back to this big pastor. If I would say the name, most of you would know him. Back in the 80s. And he said, Pastor, watch this. I want you to forgive me. And the pastor was oblivious. Let me pause to say this. Sometimes, maybe most of the time, the people that offended you have no clue that they offended you. They probably didn't do it on purpose, but because you have a lot of history of hurt, you see things through filters, what I said last week. Okay? Now watch. And the pastor goes, what did I do? Watch this. Watch this. And this is how it should be done. The, John Bevere said, for six months, I've been critical of you, privately. I've been judging you. And I've been criticizing you. And I've been texting people, following people, telling people that I'm not fed here anymore. But I want you to know that I repent of that because it's not about you. You said no, and you're the head of this church, and I should have obeyed and submitted, but I picked up an offense. Please forgive me. Watch this. He started crying in the office. The next day, he wrote, i never forget. He said, I went back to the same roof that I went for the last six months that was dry, and all of heaven opened over my life. And he said, I began to cry, and I began to receive from that person. Because he couldn't receive from him. He was sitting, and he would never receive because he had his arm closed because he thought the pastor was saying no to him because he didn't like him. He, the pastor was just saying no because that wasn't the vision of the church. Listen, let me pause and say, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's a, there's a, a, a powerful statement. Actually, I'm going to say it now. Because I'm going I'm to say it now. Because years ago, I had a... a, a a, a argument and a miscommunication with someone very dear to me, very close to me. How many know that those are the things that hurt the most, right? And I had a, a, a disagreement, a, a misunderstanding, and I, for a season there was a, a threat, a threat that I wasn't going to have that relationship anymore of a dear person of mine. And for a couple years went by and I didn't have that, so it stung me. How many know it stings when you have a close 
friend or family member that no longer talks to you because you're offended at each other. How many know that that hurts? And so I repented, I talked, and I finally talked to this person. And as I'm leaving the house, I hear the Holy Spirit speak to my heart so strongly, the first time in my life like this strong, that I had to pull over to the side and write it down. And here's what it said. Here's what he said. Miscommunication and misinterpretation of something, of something is the breeding ground for all kinds of offense. I wrote that down years ago. I was driving, and, he's, and I, he I heard this voice in my heart that said, miscommunication and misinterpretation of something is the breeding ground for all kinds of offense. Miscommunication or the way that you take someone responding to you. That's why I don't like text messages as much anymore, even though I love text messages. Because you can say no, and someone gets offended at your no because they think you're mad when you're saying no. And I'm just saying no. Hey, PG, can we do this? No. Oh, he is mad at me. I know it. He usually puts a smiley face. And he usually puts, and he usually puts fire emojis. And he, he usually responds right away. But he's not responding right away. He said no. He must be mad at me. Misinterpretation. Then you allow that seed to get in your heart, and all of a sudden you don't deal with it, and you've misinterpreted something that was pure. And all of a sudden, you've been thinking this over for two weeks, and next time you see Pastor George, <laughs> and I did nothing. But many of you do that a lot. You put two strikes on people before they even have a chance to bat. You never give them a chance because they remind you, oh, they remind you of something. Oh, they remind you of somebody that offended you. And so now you're holding offense with them. Or because we, you are wanting something in return and you say, no, maybe God, maybe God, watch this. Maybe God is trying to teach you submission. Maybe God is saying to me, say no because you don't know this, but I'm trying to teach this person submission. I, he may, I just may say no, but God says, go ahead, that's, I'll take it from here. I'm trying to teach that other person a lesson. Do you understand that miscommunication and misinterpretation is the breeding ground for every type of offense? Mostly every offense. If you look in your life, every time you've been offended, there must be some sort of breaking in communication. Now, there's sometimes that the communication is clear and you pick up offense anyways because you have two different views on things. Someone say amen. Now, here's where I'm going to close here. Anger. Look at this slide. This is the new content. It is always an offspring of an offended person. Say, say this with me. Say anger is usually always an offspring of an offended person. I've hardly seen an offended person that wasn't angry. I've never seen a person that's offended that wasn't bitter. I mean, no one's offended. It's like, man, you know what? This feels really good. This is awesome. You know what? That person just said these nasty things to me. I've been waiting all my life for you to say that, sir. Thank you. That is, that is just so awesome. I've never, I am offended right now. <laughs> man, there it is. I'm offended. No, no one gets offended and is happy. You can never be happy living in offense. Never have joy. That's the closed heaven reality over you. Stop Stop pretending or stop thinking that someone owes you something all the time. Something, they don't owe you anything. You need to respond to that incident. You need to humble yourself. Fix the fracture. And then seek reconciliation 
And watch this. Realize that you have a problem. If you're hurt, watch this now. Offense and hurt is not a location problem or an incident problem. It's a heart problem. An offense is not an incident problem. At the root of it, it's not just the, the incident. At the root of it is you decided to pick that up, and now you're carrying it. Now watch this. It will affect every relationship you have. Mark this down. It will affect your marriage. You may not even be angry. How many, how many could relate to this? You may be angry with a person, and you'll come angry with your spouse. Give me that remote right now. I'm just tired. I'm tired. What did I do? Nothing. Nothing. It's not about you. I'm just angry. I've done that before. And my poor wife is like, what did I do? You did nothing. I'll be honest. You know what? Because I picked up an offense and I brought it home. An offense is an incident. Staying offended is a decision. Now watch this. I'm going to set you free in a second. Look at Ephesians 4. Oh, this is good. This is good. This is, is this good? Look at Ephesians 4. This is new content. Verse 26 through 27. I'm almost done. 29. I almost wore my five more minutes shirt so that I could flash it every now and then. Watch this. Do not, I got a powerful revelation, guys, for the first. I want everyone to hear me for the next 10 minutes because anger, everybody say anger, is the ingredient of offense. Let me explain. How many uh, love to cook or could cook? Come on. Not me. I'm going to raise my hand. All right. So someone, Johnny, name me a, a, a dish, like one of your favorite dishes, just out loud. Rice and chicken. <laughs> Rice and chicken. Okay, pasta alone, whatever. Okay, pasta alone. Yeah, okay. So is it just, how many ingredients does it take for pasta alone? Just it one? No, it's several, right? Right. But is there a main ingredient? In pasta alone, what is it? Platanos, which is, for you non-speaking uh, English or Spanish people, is bananas. No, plantain. We will edit that. Edit. <laughs> Help me. Okay, okay, okay. Mercy, 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 mercy. I just had a moment. I had a moment. It's plantains. I knew it. Okay. All the Spanish people are like, you betrayed us. I'm offended. <laughs> Answer the altar call today, okay? So watch this. The main ingredient of pastelon is plantains. But it's, watch this. If you, you have to add all those things together and then put the main ingredient, but the, main, but the food is not called uh, just plantains. It's, it's called pastelon, right? But the, there is a main ingredient. Watch this. When, you, when the devil cooks up a fence and he's putting ingredients in there, the main one he puts is anger in there. It's impossible for anger not to come out from an offended person. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. Watch this. Watch this. Look at verse 26. Oh, man. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Now, watch this. Don't let, oh, don't let the sun, this is NLT, go down while you are still angry. In other words, a little hint, God gives you an opportunity. One day. This is the answer. He gives you one day opportunity to deal with something. Not five months. Come on, somebody. Not six months. Not a year. God is just working on me. No, no, no. God is not just working on you. He's giving you a day 
Watch this. Do not let your, your sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, if you're angry, don't go to bed and don't go to sleep while you're still angry. Look, look at this. Look at this. Don't let the sun go down uh, on your anger. And, and for, Watch this. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Everybody say foothold. Say foothold. You can't be offended and not be angry. Okay, you have to have the mixture of the two. Anger will lead to bitterness. And if we keep on nourishing this offense, we keep holding on to this anger. Now watch this. It will give us a foothold to the devil. Now I want, I want, I want some would think that a foothold, a foothold means, I used to think a foothold would be like a little thing underneath the, the, the little room underneath the door, or when you're mountain climbing, or sorry, rock climbing, sorry, and you put, a, and you put your foothold. You, you know, that's, a, that's not what a foothold is. Watch this. Offense, which the ingredients is anger. Say anger. Causes a foothold in your life for authority in the enemy of your life. Now watch this. I'm going to break down the word foothold in the Greek, and you're going to shout. If not, I'll shout for you. The word foothold in the Greek is topos, which means, and I'm going to read it, an opportunity. Oh, God, this is going to be good. A place or a room of power or authority in someone's life. Everybody say a place or a room. Do you know that in the White House there's several rooms of authority? There's a levels of authority. In a house, there's levels of authority. Come on, let's be honest. You have the, the kitchen. Everybody goes to the kitchen. You got the, the kids' room, right? But mama and daddy's uh, room, that's like holy ground. Like nobody goes there, right? It's like, you like, one day I'm going to step in there. <laughs> one of these days when I'm 18, I'm going to step in here, right? Right? There's levels of authority in a room. Watch this. You're going to shout. Watch this. So that's what full holes is. In other words, if we continue to live in offense, which is the same as living in anger, we will give the devil an empty room rent-free in our house. When you live in offense, you're giving the devil a room in your house of your heart and in the house of your mind rent-free. And the whole time he's rent-free because offense is paying for his rent. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I don't want anything, that, that any de devil to come into any room of my heart or my mind or my marriage. Watch this. And, it's, and here you are. You're paying for the house. You're paying for the house. Watch this. And in your house, you're allowing the devil to stay in one of your rooms for free while he's plotting in those rooms to blow up your house. You're, you're, you're paying the fee the offense is the fee, and the devil says, thank you very much. He doesn't have to pay rent anymore because you gave him a foothold. Come on, somebody. Which means a room in your mind or in your heart to stay free. And you check on that room every now and then. Hey, devil, what you doing? Oh, nothing. You see all these wires and these bombs and all these things, and you're opening it up. You're like, I just feel some sort of... Some, some, I feel power when I go in that room. I feel justified when I go in that room. I feel good in my flesh when I go to that room. I feel like I belong when I get in that room. Something about that room makes me feel strong. And you know what? You're paying for him to stay while he's plotting to blow up your house. But I got an announcement for the devil this morning. Rent is due. Rent is due. It's time for you to pay up. It's time for you to pay up. 
You need to serve the devil. I want the, the worship team to come up. I want the worship team to come up. You need to start telling the devil rent is due. And you know how rent is due? By serving him an eviction notice. And you know how you serve the devil in the eviction notice? You know how, listen, in the spirit, do you know what the eviction notice says? Are you ready for this? Do you know what the eviction notice says? In order for you to be free from offense, put that up. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. And when you choose to forgive, you discombobulate the devil's power and the room that he has in your heart and your mind because you've let that thing go. And when you choose to forgive that person that hurt you, that caused the offense, watch this. What starts to happen is that the devil has to leave your room. When you choose to forgive, oh, the incident that caused you pain, when you choose to forgive that person that you feel ruined your life, it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. Let me clear that up. It doesn't mean you even have to be in relationship with them. But it does mean you say, I forgive you. Now watch this. This is going to be key. This is going to be key. I'm closing. How many feel the Lord? A lot, a, a, a anger and offense allows the devil to stay rent-free, rent-free in your mind. Some of you need to say, rent is up. And you need to say this. You know how, how not just say, rent is up. Say, you know, devil, I'm going to close the door on this. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to serve you an eviction notice. And watch this. You no longer have the power over me. You no longer have a foothold in my house because I choose to let that incident go. And I bless them, and I forgive them. You know what's going to happen to you? You're going to feel like 100 pounds have left your body. You're going to feel light. That doesn't justify what they did. It doesn't justify what they did. Listen, forgiveness doesn't set the other person free. It sets you free. Mm. Look at this last slide. If we respond constantly with anger and offense, keep playing, guys. Every time we disagree with something or someone says something to us, we are basically giving the devil a place of power and authority in our minds. Just a little lower, just a little lower. You know what you need to do when you say, I choose to forgive? I choose to forgive the person who offended me. I choose to forgive the person who betrayed me. I choose to forgive the, person, the, the leader that said no when I wanted yes. I'm going to pause and say something that I feel from the Lord. Sometimes the offense that you have is actually because you don't understand kingdom dynamics or, or, or for, of submission. If something, someone purely says no to everything that you want to say yes and they're not sinning by saying no, then you have a problem with authority. Now watch this. I'm going to start to close now. This is the last thing I'm going to say, I promise. There's one little secret in Ephesians 4. I'm going to say this, okay? Everybody say now. Not tomorrow. Say not tomorrow. I got to deal with this right now. Because the spirit of offense will never let you go. You got to let it go. It will never, the seed of offense will never say, you know, I've had him for 20 years. I think it's time to let him go. It will keep holding on to you until you decide to let it go. Are you angry at a pastor? Are you angry at your spouse? Are you angry 
Are you angry with someone that you were close to and you haven't talked to in years? Family member? Friend? Leader? Ask yourself, go way back and ask yourself this. Did I possibly have hurt him or her too? You know, it's funny that when we're offended, we never think that we hurt other people. Is it possible that you hurt someone, God forbid, that you also hurt someone? Now watch this. Here's the last thing I'm going to say. In Ephesians 4.26, it says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Say that with me. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. So watch this. In other words, I want to put this slide up. The day of your hurt whew, should also be the day of your healing. Wait a minute. Ephesians 4.26 says, do not let the sun go down, go down, while you're still angry. You may still be in bed and be angry, but don't go to sleep angry. If I could be honest with you, I have messed up in that area. If I could be transparent, because we're like, no, and we took, turn the shoulder. And you sleep on opposite sides. See, I see, I see people going like this already. Right? And you go to sleep angry, and it builds. Next day, you don't talk to each other, and you're living in the same house. You know why? Because the Bible says, I've given you one day. <sighs> one day. Don't let your, don't let your, in other words, okay, be angry, but don't go to sleep without resolving that issue. The day of your hurt should be the day you start reconciling. I know that sounds very different to somebody, but it's scriptural. You know why? Because if you don't, that means you went to sleep angry. And the Bible says, don't go, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Well, pastor, you don't know I'm going to get hurt. If I, if, if I confront that person, I'm going to get hurt even more. No. There's people that I've talked to, and they know, because you're part, of, you're part of our congregation, that you've come to me with hurt. What's the, thing, what's the first thing I say to you guys? What's, come on, what's the first thing I say? Talk to the person. They come to me. Oh, God, I'm hurt. And I recognize they're hurt, and I sympathize with their hurt. The number one thing I say is, you need to talk to them. Oh, I'm not going to talk to them. Then guess what's happening? Ephesians 4 is not happening in your life, and slowly heaven will be starting closing in your life. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, the day of your hurt should be the day of your healing, that you start reconciling. Don't let that go. If it's your spouse, even if you're in bed, turn to each other and forgive each other. Don't go to sleep angry. And I was preaching to myself. Today, it's time to shift out of the season of offense that you're in, the season of hurt that you're in, and the season of bitterness. And I'll close with this. Do you know that you could also be offended at God? You could also be offended at God. Watch this. I'm going to say something powerful. Most people are offended at God not by what He does, but what he, they think He doesn't do. Most people are offended at God not by what He does, by what He doesn't do. He hasn't healed me yet. He hasn't given me a breakthrough yet. He hasn't opened that door yet. I've been faithful. I've been praying. I've been fasting. Why, is not, why am I not getting a breakthrough? Because maybe the Lord is trying to heal your heart. Maybe the Lord is trying to do something deeper that you keep covering up with things instead of coming to Him. How many have been hurt by a church? Raise your hand. How many have currently been hurt by a church? Currently. All right. I know that's bold. That's pretty bold. Right. How many have been hurt in a relationship, offended in a relationship, right? Put that down. How many have been hurt in a friendship, right? Now, out of all those things that I said, 
How many of you have caused that hurt, that offense, for you to stop talking to those people to this day? Look at this. Watch this. I'm closing with this. Paul and Barnabas were a team powerhouse team in the book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas were like the most dynamic duo. Power. Watch this. They had a dispute, not even about theology. It wasn't about the blood of Jesus or faith. They had a dispute. These guys were the tag team ministry partners. They would go everywhere. Signs and wonders would happen. Everywhere. And the Bible says that Paul didn't want John Mark to go because John Mark kind of left him when he was trying to go to a mission trip. And Mark said, look, I don't want to go. And Paul says, okay, I'm going to remember that. So when Barnabas wanted Mark to go with him, Paul said no. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says they had no, uh, they had a great disagreement, no small disagreement. They stopped working with each other for years. Stopped talking to each other. Paul and Barnabas stopped talking to each other for years when they could have been a tag team. Not because of a theology. Not because they disagreed in, in, in a book of the scripture. Because they had a miscommunication argument about a preference about a preference are you offended because your preference didn't come the way you wanted are you offended because we don't play a lot of gospel music or that we don't say a lot of this or say a lot of that today it's time to shift out of offense I want you to stand up to your feet come on I want you to stand up to your feet this is I'm going to close my series today we're going to pray, but I want you to think about offense being an incident and what you've decided to be offended at. I want you to close your eyes and lift up your hands. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Come on. Don't let the day go by without resolving anger, come on, or offense. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. I want you to deal, I want you to think about the incident of offense. Come on, the incident. That calls you hurt and betrayal. That friend that you haven't spoke to. That family that you haven't gone to in a while. God says there's still hope. Let's deal with it today. Shift out of offense. Come on. Come on. This is a choice. It's a choice today. From church pain. From relational pain. I don't be from hurt with your job. I don't be your family. Offended. Fix the fracture. I don't be Today. Today. Right now. Come on, just for 30 seconds. Let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord deal with you. While your eyes are closed, I'm going to say one last statement that I feel the Lord said to me. In that story with John Bevere that I told you.
Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.